Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. I'm so glad you're here today. You guys, we've got a treat because we've got Jasmine Hawkins with us here today. And we have just connected. But you guys, what I know of her so far is that she's amazing. And I can't wait for you to hear from her. So Jasmine, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the By Word Show. Before we dive in, would you just tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience can get to know you a little better? Like what, what are your passions? your experiences, the things that kind of like have shaped you and your story. Yeah, sure. And thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. So my name is Jasmine. I'm born and raised in Philadelphia. That's where I come from. That's where I currently reside. And um, I've been a writer since like age 10, like mostly poetry. That's like been a really big passion of mine. I studied it at school. I went to the University of Pittsburgh where I studied English writing, poetry track, all that. Um, but I remember senior year of college, one of my advisors was like, you really need to think about like what you want to do professionally, like realistically. And it just crushed my little <laughs> dreams because it was like, well, why would you have this poetry track if it wasn't like a, a realistic, you know, opportunity for life? So, um, somewhere around that time, I found out a friend of mine was, um, in a five-year master's program for education. And I had decided, even though I was doing poetry, I'll be honest, my plan was <laughs> to um, be a lawyer. So I was doing like English writing and originally, I, <laughs> right, originally <laughs> I to do like English writing and psychology, um, but it ended up being English writing and communications and I was going to use that to be on the law track. But freshman year of college, I mentored at a local high school and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Um, I would love to help students who look like me um, pour into them the way I've been poured into. And so I decided that I was going to be a lawyer and then a teacher. So when we get back to, uh, you know, senior year of college and the advisor shares this news, I found out about my friend being in this five years education program. And because I hadn't taken my LSATs, I was like, oh, I'm going to join this program, too. So I, um <laughs> So I joined a similar program that my school had to offer where I could get a one-year master's and a teaching certification and start teaching. And so I ended up being a teacher for 10 years um, from 2009 to 2019. That's like my professional background. Um, but in 2019, I left my teaching career to jump into full-time entrepreneurship with my writing endeavors, editing, writing, et cetera, um, and also running a nonprofit. So that's kind of like my interest and a little comprehensive background. Girl, you have like the most widespread, like, is there anything you can't do? I'm sitting over here like, okay, lawyer, okay, writer, poetry. That's amazing. And I think it's so cool that you really have been able to use so much of your own experience. Now I'm sure through your writing. And then like you said, like mentoring kids in these high schools and like just being able to share your story and then also make moves, like you said, on the legal side with your nonprofit, like that's amazing. So tell us about that. Like what, what is your biggest passion now that you do? Cause I know you have this organization that you run urgent three, six, five, right? So tell us all about yes. that. Yes. Okay. So I, there's like two questions in that. So the first thing, <laughs> um, the biggest passion that I have right now, I have like a personal mission statement. I actually have it written like right here behind the camera. I love um, that. <laughs> thank you. And I think because 
I have like so many gifts and passions and areas. This is kind of like the guiding force in everything that I do. And so I help leaders and communities unpack and uproot unhealthy habits, mindsets, and narratives in order to uncover their God-given potential and, you know, unleash that into the world. And so like, whether it be through my nonprofit, whether it be through a workshop, whether it be through my writing, like that's why I'm like the number one thing that I aim to do in any space that I inhabit. Um, and my nonprofit specifically uh, exists to close the opportunity gap for black and brown youth and young adults in pursuit of personal and professional uh, growth and success. And what that means really is that we help high school um, students transition into their like post-secondary world, whether that be college, mm -hmm. et cetera. Yeah. So we do like in and out of school programs. We have trunk party drive for the college bound students, things like that. That is so cool. And what you said too about like, you know, your mission and you're able to do that in any space you inhabit. Like, gosh, I feel like as a multi-passionate person, I definitely relate to you on that level. And sometimes it's like, what path am I supposed to take? Like, mm -hmm. I'm interested in this. I'm passionate about this. I feel like I'm gifted in this. And like, God, how do you connect all these dots? So I think what you said about just being willing to show up in whatever capacity the season has to offer, like whatever yes. God is is leading you to in that season is really cool because I feel like that's a challenge I have faced over and over again in my life is is just this question of, oh, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing? Do I, when is it time to pivot? And so what has it been like for you? Because you had a 10-year education life that was going on like you were teaching and then all of a sudden you pivot to being an entrepreneur so what in the world was that like what made you want to make the shift and then what was that transition like yes so one of the things that I think relates to like everything that you're sharing in um relation to what I shared is that like God uses it all and that's like really mm -hmm. hard especially in like my late 20s and early 30s to just like trust that it's all going to happen over time because I'm a very, or I have been, I, I feel like I've been developing, but I have been a very impatient person. And so it's like, I want to do all the things. <laughs> I want to do all the things. I want to do them all right now. And all these gifts I have are supposed to be. But what I can say, and I'm, I'm 35 now. So like now in my mid thirties, I can look back and see like what you said, like there are different seasons where certain things happen or certain things develop to be used at the proper time and so like with my particular journey i started teaching in 2009 um in 2015 i got the idea to like write a, a book it was a poetry chat book so a small like 40 page poetry staple binded um project but it um when i did that i remember being like oh my gosh i'm tapping back into my passion because i was on this search for like at that point I had my job I had my degrees I had my house and I'm like but what mm -hmm. else is there I feel like there's something else in life and so when I had that like desire to get back into writing I'm like I've always known writing was my passion but I never felt like I'd be able to have a sustainable career doing it so I really just never pursued it in that way but when writing the book I met um tons of poets in the poetry scene. I started performing and all of these things. And I remember talking to my dad and I was like, dad, you know what? Like, I think I'm good on this teaching thing. I taught for, you know, this many years. I think I'm just going to focus on my writing. That's 2015. 
Mind you, I have no background in business, no history of business. I know nothing <laughs> about it. I'm just like, this is a passion. That's what I think I'm going to do. Um, fortunately, I happened to get a job offer to teach at another school, which is where I ended my teaching career. And they were paying me, they were offering 40% more than what I was currently making as a teacher. So I was like, you know what, Dad? I think I got a couple more years in me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to that other job. And in 2017, I had that pull again. Like, okay, I'm teaching. But at this point now, I've been performing um, for money. Like, so professionally, I'm running workshops outside of school. So I have, like, this secret life. Like, I'm a teacher by day, but this whole by night. (laughs) And so... I really knew that there was like something more inside of me by that point, And it was time to like make a move, especially since I had gotten my feet wet. And also at school, uh, I had kind of blended those passions because I started an after school program where students were able to, um, it was a theater production, but in between the scenes, we had like poetry performances, dance performances, and like wow. all the other art forms. And so I remember we did our first production that year. And my boss at the time was like, because I, I had been talking to her about, like, I need to, like, go part-time. Like, I can teach some of the time, but, like, I need to work on this. And at the performance, she was like, I see why you have to go, which was really mm-hmm. huge for me because she had been so resistant because she was like, you're such a great teacher. Like, you don't want to, you know, leave the yeah. classroom, um, which is a, a another note of, like, when we begin to, like, let God lead um, we can see how we can take the limits off of what something may look like. So teaching at that time for me was in the classroom. I still teach now, but I get to teach in other ways through like, you know, workshops and programs. And so the last mm. part of the story, I'll fast forward <laughs> to 2019. Um, so I taught part-time for two years. Uh, so I taught my own writing class at the school and I, that gave me more time to like start whatever business I was going to be doing outside of school. And in 2019, it was clear that like, I have to go like still teaching was like at that point a clutch for me. And I knew my passion was like shifting. Like I started getting up later and later for work still on time, but like running in the building at the last <laughs> minute. And it was like, my passion is no longer here. I have to shift. I don't know what that means. But that's what I have to do. And so that's kind of how I did that. And that's eventually what led to the the book that I have today, um, Uncapped Feet. Because that was definitely a season of uncapping my feet. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I can't imagine because you mentioned so many key things in there. Like, number one, first of all, just that reminder that God can and will use all of the pieces, like the fact that you were able to teach, to be with kids and to use your passions and then even have your side thing going on, like getting your experience and working on your poetry, like publishing books. That's that's just so cool. Like you just never know the connections he can make if you say yes, like even you switching schools and then being able to do that program with the kids. And it's just so encouraging to hear because I feel like, gosh, I talk to so many women, I'm sure you do too, who feel like, stuck in their season and they're like, oh, I know God has more for me, but I don't know how to get there. Or Mm -hmm. it's scary to think about taking that leap. I mean, you left a 10-year teaching career to start your own business. And so for you, what was that like going from, okay, I'm going to take this leap. I know you kind of mentioned your heart was getting prepared, like the passion was Mm -hmm. a little bit dwindling and then you felt ready. But 
it's sometimes just really intimidating and like, okay, I'm going to leap, but God, are you going to catch me? Um, so how did you get to that point (laughs) from that point to this place where you are now, where it's like, let's take the limits off, uncap our faith and see what God can do when we say yes. Yes. Uh, so I think in that there's like a couple of obstacles, both like internally and perhaps externally that I had to work through. I know the biggest Mm. one for me was, other people's expectations so like oh. my father was <laughs> my father was a teacher my mom long-standing job with the IRS um and so when I told them that I was leaving my teaching career they're like maybe you should you know teach in the suburbs and I'm like no I don't have a problem <laughs> with the school <laughs> it's like I have to do this and it took uh, a good bit of like work and I think that like that four-year period from 2015 to 2019 really helped prepare me where it's like I have no idea what is next but I know I have to go and when that I think fire was kind of like burning inside of me greater than like whatever they have to say like they may not like it but I'm gonna do it anyway I think that that was really at that point where I was like just tapped into like okay God um, this is what you said. So this is what I'm going to do. I think that that was definitely mm. one part of the journey. The other part of the journey is like the unknown. I do not do well with unknowns because I'm a very planned, <laughs> calculated person. Yes. <laughs> and like, honestly, that was something that I feel like God had to like break in me because I think a lot of times we say like, we trust God, we have faith in God, we believe in God. But really, we just have faith in our own ability to get things done. Like, as long as I can see it, as long as there's money mm-hmm. in my account, then I'm good. And my first year, right. uh, whew, my first year outside of the classroom, I left at the end of the school year in June. And uh, between June and December of 2019, my finance, I just watched my finances dwindle, which was so uncomfortable. Um, mm. because like I, I had to get a new car that year. So like that was a chunk of savings. I had to get a new heater for my house. That was a chunk of savings. Uh. Like just <laughs> watching things go. And it was like, wow, I had set up, I did all the things, right? That one is supposed to do to make this transition. But I really felt like that was a lesson where God was like, so are you like, you listen to me to leave, but are you going to listen to me in this space? Because I, mm. if I, if I guided you here, then I'm going to guide you through it. But like, I let him guide me there. And then I put matters into my own hands. Like I started Ubering, like after I left, just so I could have some income that I could see. <laughs> well, right. I like, you know, work on my writing and things in the background. And it was December of 2019, where I just remember like crying and praying like, God, you did not call me to leave this teaching career to be an Uber driver. And it's no, yeah. um, you know, not, no, not to anybody who Ubers. I just knew that that's not what God, that was not all he had for me. And so I really right. had to like tap in in that moment. And it was sometime within, I would say like a week of that, that I got this inspiration to um, start with eventually became the my accountability tribe but it was like a group that I ran um with again gifts that were already in me I had already been organizing like circles or like again like workshops and things like that so I gave people an opportunity to work with me for a period of time and um we would meet like weekly and I'd give them like a resource guide and I tried like I originally charged like ten dollars like because I'm just like if people can pay me for this then 
I know that I can grow from it. And I obviously would never do that again because I understand my worth, but it was just a seed. And that seed came from me, like humbly yes. submitting my will to God and letting him like be like, okay, and here's the next step. Now you're ready. Yes. Oh, that's so good. And I think that's such a good point too, about just being willing to say yes, one small step at a time. Yes. Because because it's a lot like that is scary. I relate so much to what you said about, okay, God, um, I trust you to like make the switch. But when I get there and everything is falling apart and the money is going away and I don't know the next step yet, um, I feel like I will take back control. Like it's really mm -hmm. hard to be in that space. But at the same time, it's so funny because anytime I find myself in a season like that, I'm just like, this is what I wanted, right? Like I wanted my faith to grow and it can't grow when I'm still in control. And mm -hmm. so I'm sure that season for you looking back was such a, like a marking time for you because you probably got to see God show up in ways that you never would have had you continued doing what was easy, what was comfortable, like what, what was in your control. And I constantly have to process through that over and over again. I mean, mm -hmm. daily, every season of life, just like, okay, Lord, I, I trust you. I say, yes, I want to see what you can do. And I know that requires surrender. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to be okay with waiting and not knowing all the answers right now. And it's so, oh, it's so uncomfortable to be in that tension of like, okay, I'm saying yes, but I don't see it yet. But also like just leaving that space, we just get to see God move in ways that we wouldn't otherwise. So talk to us about this idea of uncapped faith. What does that mean to you? How does the, how did that idea come about for you? Yes. So, and I'm going to, because you said some things that I kind of want to underscore as well. So first and foremost, uncapped faith is a journey. Um, and you said like there's a, a constant process because one of the things that I learned in writing the book on cat faith and being on this journey is like, you don't just arrive and you, you have it all together. Like I thought like mm -hmm. after I wrote the book, it's like, Oh, I know everything there is to know about faith. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so I think it's important to understand that it's an ongoing process. Like we'll be learning these, these lessons at new levels constantly. But also the second thing that Uncapped faith is, is it's the reminder to take the limits off of God first and foremost mm -hmm. and to uh, and then to see how he takes the limits off of you and so like for me like I ended the story at 2019 but we all know in 2020 the pandemic hit and so like <sighs> yeah. here I am <laughs> full-time entrepreneur with you know just like oh my gosh everything is shutting down like what do I yeah. do if I was teaching you know, then I would at least still be making income while I'm sitting at home figuring it out. And so um, I think the other thing that also kept me grounded in that space, when this is not necessarily, well, I, I, I talk about this in the book as well. So another thing that kept me grounded in that space was like, I had a piece. And it was something that you said of like, I know that I could be doing other things, but I also am very clear that like God told me to leave. And so I have a peace even in the midst of the chaos that mm. like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I think like, that's the thing that keeps me grounded. And I know like 
some people always wonder like how you hear from God and I don't hear from God audibly. I know some people do, but like having that peace is one thing that helps confirm like for me that like, no God, even in the midst of what I see, like this is where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the last thing I think I'll say is after writing the book and on the journey of writing it, I've learned like how those different levels come about. And so like, I thought that the book was just going to be about my journey of leaving my teaching career and, you know, taking that leap of faith. And I mean, the book also uses, it's grounded in the biblical story of creation and how like each Mm. day, the seven days of creation is a guide that God, like a blueprint that he created for us to, for anybody starting something new. My journey just happened to be leaving my career. Um, so, you know, I thought, like, I know everything about creation. I know everything about faith. I did it. And, like, <laughs> honestly, last year, God um, put me in situations, like, through my nonprofit and with, like, planning events and things where it was, like, no, there, there's more to learn because, like, I was planning a major event and we were, like, a month out from it and, like, nothing was secured. And I'm, like, God, like, nobody knew who I was before this. Why would you bring me out here? So I could just fail. And I remember like after talking to a friend going back to my prayer room, like, oh no, this is a faith moment when it seems impossible, when you don't know how it's going to work out, when you can't see forward, these are the moments where God shows up. And Mm. this is, I I honestly felt like the Israelites, like you, you pulled me out of Egypt. I can't quite see the promised land. And so instead of complaining, like, you know, they did and, you know, cursing you and talking about how good it was back where I was, I'm going to rest on the promise that I know is ahead of me because I know you got me. Oh, that's so good. That's so funny. You said that. Yeah. Well, as soon as you said that, I was like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Choose the Israelites. It's like, I was just thinking of this recently, how these people, God rescued them from this terrible life. And as soon as they get out there, they're like, why'd you bring us out here to die? Like, I'd rather be a slave again. Let's just go back. It's like, are you kidding me? Like God just literally split open the sea for you to prance right through. And now we're over here whining about having the same food every day. Like what? It's crazy. But we do that. It's like we step out in faith. We say, yes, we go on the journey. And then as soon as it gets hard, as soon as it gets uncomfortable, we're like, I just want to go back to my teaching job. Like, I just want to go back to what I know. Mm -hmm. And while we feel a sense of comfort in what's familiar, I mean, you talk about this, it really gets us back into that place of um, like being limited, like putting the cap back on, like we really lose out on a lot when we do that. So could you speak to like kind of the danger or like the negative side of staying in our comfort zone? Okay. So when you exit, one of the, the the stories that I talk about in the book is like, I'm really obsessed with Saul and David as like leaders that God used because both were kings of Israel. And I mean, in our human minds, if we compare like what they did, then one might think that David's sins were a lot greater than Saul. So why would he be the one that got chose? And um, a couple of the things that Saul did was he, he kept leaning on his own understanding. And so like there was, mm-hmm. they were, you know, at a place of battle and um, he was told by Samuel, the prophet of the Lord, like, wait, I'll come and pray for you before you go into battle. I'll be there in seven days. The seventh day came and went and Samuel had not arrived. And so, 
Saul's like, okay, I know it's important to pray, so I'm going to do, I think it was the sacrifice. He's like, I'm going to do the sacrifice. And as soon as he finishes it, Samuel walks up like, what have you done? And that may seem small, mm. right? I mean, it seems small to us. Um, but for God, it's like, if I can't trust you to be obedient with the responsibility that I've given you, then I can't use you because you're going mm-hmm. to continue to go back on your own understanding, your own thoughts, your own desires. You're going to continue to focus on the pressure that you see and not find how to tap into me versus David, who we know, uh, you know, stole a man's wife, committed adultery, had him killed, yeah. which again sounds like heinous. Um, however, as soon as he was confronted, he was like, God, forgive me. I have sent his heart posture was so much more humbled, which allowed God to mm-hmm. use him. Because what the other thing I think that we forget is like, we don't have to be perfect. This journey is not about us getting it all right. It's about mm-hmm. one, our relationship with God and being in tune with him so he can continue to use us and humbling and constantly surrendering over and yeah. over again. You know, because he, he he chose us because he chose us, not because we earned it. And so, like, you know, instead of trying to get everything right, like, again, Samuel was like, I was, Saul was like, I'm checking off the box of doing the sacrifice. Instead of trying to focus on that, let's focus on, like, how open are you for God to use you then to work through you and what he's trying to do in his people. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's that's a perfect example because it's like really at the end of the day, it's about the posture of your heart. And your yeah. willingness to just wait on the Lord. Like it's so easy to be yeah. tempted to take matters into our own hands, like with good intentions, like Saul. He's like, okay, well, I know this is the next step. I might as well just go ahead and do it. But that was just, it just revealed a lack of trust that he wasn't mm-hmm. willing to just wait. And yeah. I relate to that. <laughs> so do I. But, <laughs> but Dr. about on the other hand, like, the difference of being able to live with uncapped faith, like that is scary, but also so beautiful and freeing. So how do we make the switch? And then like, how does that flesh out in the day to day? Yes. Great, great question. So first thing I think we have to understand is that like, we have to bring in God into everything. He doesn't just mm-hmm. want to be like this figure that we um, reference or that we know is there, that we say, you know, that we believe in. But it's like every single day I personally, like, and my prayers have to be like, God, I give you this day. Like, whatever mm-hmm. is on my mind that worrying me, like, I know I have this meeting where I have this, like, God, I give you these things so that you can speak to through and for me. And what that does is it allows you to be prepared. Like if something happens, you can go back to like, okay, God, you're allowing mm-hmm. me to happen. So I know you're going to carry me through it versus like a week ago when I was prepping for my Uncapped Faith book launch event, it was just too much on my schedule for me to like pause and pray that morning. And so I went through the day and I didn't even make it to 10 a.m. without like being in tears, just feeling overwhelmed with all of the things on me and so I think that that's definitely like an initial step in chapter one is all about like including God just like he brought in light the first Mm. day like he is our light and so I have a whole chapter of how to build your prayer life or how to strengthen your prayer life because I've been in church my whole life but there were just things that I didn't learn about like 
building a personal relationship with God. That was something mm-hmm. I had to seek on my own. And so like, that's one thing that I pour into the book. And then from that, you begin to like, to learn to separate like day two, he separated the word is above from the word is below with the sky. So you begin to separate, you know, what wow. is serving you, what's aligned from like, what's not. And then like, we'll continue to go through the days of creation and, and, and practicality. But, um, like after that, he built the land that uh, separated the waters below and people could build. Um, I mean, not people could build, but he built the land and then uh, fruit was formed on the land. So you have that solid mm. foundation from which you can be fruitful. And so I actually talk about this. Uh, I have an episode dropping today on my YouTube. Uh, our solid foundation is our mindset of truth. And so it's like there are these ways that we have begun thinking that we have been raised thinking and it may sound good it may feel like yes we're self-righteous we're right in our stance and that may be the case however how is God calling us to approach this situation not from our perspective Mm. but from his perspective and so like learning the different ways in which we can make tweaks to our mindset make tweaks to our decision making make tweaks to our prayer life I think is how we begin to see that play out practically and that's like how the chapters are broken down in the books to help you build those strategies and skills. Girl, you don't even need me. Just read us your book. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so good. That's seriously so good. I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, it's just, I never, I never stop getting blown away by how well God has laid everything out for us. And if we would just like go to him, talk to him, give him the day, like you said, that's such a simple move, but it just helps us grow our awareness. It helps us keep our mindset lined up with the truth. And, and I just literally cannot wait to get your book. I'm like, wow, this is just, it's so revolutionary because the cool thing is I love that you teach this to women but also the way that you apply this to our work, because mm-hmm. oh, gosh, I'm sure you've seen it when there's conversations going on about work-life balance or being an entrepreneur, like there's not a whole lot of conversation talking about like, okay, well, what would God want for our work? Like we, we hear all the time as women, it's like, okay, do this, this, and this to be successful. Make sure mm-hmm. you're keeping track of this, da, 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 da. And all these steps, which are Amazing. Like, absolutely. We have to be practical to run a business. There are responsibilities we have to do in order to grow and, you know, all the things. But at the end of the day, like work is an institution that God created, God ordained for us. And so even that, like he has so much truth to speak to us about our rhythms of work. And so what has been your journey unpacking that? piece of it, like connecting these ideas of living with faith and then infusing it into the business world? Yeah, also another great question. And I would have to say that I've had leaders and speakers that I've listened to. So there's um, the Blessed and Boss Up podcast was like, I think my first intro, her whole platform is like making God the CEO of your business. And I love that. Yes. Awesome. Um, A woman named Tatum Samia out of like uh, Maryland and uh, that like listening to her really started shaping my mind of like this blended field of like, it's not work and like spirituality. It's like, no, again, God wants to be a part of every part of our lives. Not just, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be just a religious part of your life. I want to be in your romantic relationship. I want to be in your friendship. I want to be in your work. And so I know that that was really big. And I'm also fortunate now to have a a pastor who has an entrepreneurial um, 
spirit and mindset. And so he has, uh, it's called the, oh, the Daniels. And his name is Pastor Darius Daniels. And so in the Daniels, then he like teaches concepts that are biblically based because what he found in his mm-hmm. own journey was like, he kind of had to go out like outside of the church to find these principles that he knows from like studying theology are like godly principles, but they're just not being taught necessarily in the church for whatever reason. And so, you know, when it comes to, um, again, like figuring out how to invite God into our day to day, I know that it's been helpful for me to tap into people who've already started that journey. And then Mm -hmm. from there, I've been able to like, again, apply it to my own. So seeing how, okay, like a lot of my journey has been like learning, I guess like, what is it? Um, trial by fire or a challenge. Yeah. You don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, taking the leap with one step. I thought that was cool. And when I look back, even though like 2019 was very hard, I also see like opportunities that I was given that I didn't even realize that came up that year, like an opportunity to run a workshop series at a museum because of a conversation I had with somebody. So like God was dropping breadcrumbs, but I think the other thing that we need to learn to sharpen is our ability to see him in a situation because Mm, like, you know, what you, (laughs) what you said, like when we're overwhelmed with all of the things or all of the chaos, it's easy to see the chaos and all of the things that are not going right. But it's like, wow, even in the midst of this, you know, I, I had this, thank you guys, because, you know, I don't even know how that would have come together. Uh, So that would be like a big way that I don't know if I answered the question. I feel like I went off, but (laughs) That's over some ways that helped me uh, in my like own business walk. The last thing I'll say is like, we can't be afraid to like learn as we go. I know a lot of people are scared of taking whatever leap because it's like, you don't want to experience like your savings dwindling. You don't want to experience like, you know, this negative thing. And it's like, but if you experience that with God, <laughs> like, and that's not easy. Trust me. I'm not always like, ah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like we might have to go through that. That might be part of the journey. And so what you're afraid of might be what you need. Wow. That's so good. Yeah, definitely. No, that answers the question because I think really the key is not compartmentalizing. Like you said, right at the beginning there, it's not work. And then my relationship with God. It's like, he does want to be a part of it and we can invite him into every part of it. And we can experience the same breakthroughs and moments of faith building. I mean, the same way in our business or every area of our lives that we give him access Mm -hmm. to. And it's just something that I feel like is easily missed, especially for women, because I feel like there's this pressure to already kind of prove ourselves in the business world or, you know, like being a working mom or whatever that season looks like. It's just, we face our own challenges as women. And so it's easy to forget the faith piece of like, okay, Lord, I just pray today that you give me favor, help me to make the right connections in my business. Give me your game plan for the next quarter or whatever that looks like. And that's just such a simple thing to do in the day-to-day rhythm of your life and business. So I think that's such an incredible reminder. So what tips do you have for women who are ready to take that step and start really uncapping their faith and deepening their relationship with God? So, I mean, some of them will be like a recap. I think first and foremost, like have a conversation with God, (laughs) like sit and Mm -hmm. pray and ask him like, what do you want from me in this season? And I know it's been very helpful for me to like journal. Sometimes 
uh, actually, I think last year I had a journal where on one side I would write down like whatever my prayer request was. I would leave the other side blank until it was answered. So like I might go to the next uh-huh. page and just write on the back of the next page. But anytime got answered, because sometimes, you know, we if we're praying daily, it's like how many prayers are we sending up and are we remembering and keeping track of all the things? Right. So like, you know, sit down, have some quiet time with God and just ask like, what will you have for me in this season? Help me to see the doors that are opening and see how you're moving in my life. I think that that's like, first and foremost, the tip. And then the second thing is there's something that you probably already know, right? Like I knew writing was a gift for me since I was Mm -hmm. little. And so like a part of your prayer can also be like, God, how do you want to use this thing? Or reveal to me when the right time is for me to Mm -hmm. use this thing. Because just because he gave me something, the the podcaster that I told you about, um, Blessed and Boss Up, she said, uh, when God gives you an idea, the first thing you need to ask is when. Like, is this something I should move on now? Or is this something I should keep in, you know, the back of my mind and maybe take note over time as they come up that relate to that? And so, like, I think that that's, like, another big thing. And then um, as another tip would be, like, get in a community of people who are pushing you in the direction that you're seeking to go. And so in 2020, it was very helpful for me to have a, a community of women. And it was just three of us. Uh, where we like prayed together weekly. We did uh, devotions on the Bible app together. And so that was like a spiritually transformative year for me. And I think a lot of it has to do with like the community that I was a part of that helped me build again, like that relationship mm-hmm. and just the direction that I was going in at a level I hadn't done before. And so yeah. those might be some starter tips. I love it. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Again, seriously, cannot wait to order your book. I'm about to like get off this call and just (laughs) order it immediately. But will you please tell everybody where they can connect with you, get your book, and then continue this conversation from here? Yes. So I'm most active on Instagram, which is um, M-I-Z-Z-J-A-S-Z. That's Ms. Jazz, but like Miss wasn't available, so I had to make it fancy. So it's both. <laughs> <laughs> and I spelled Jazz, J-A-S-C. And then I also have a, a website, jazzthepoet.com. Uh, if you go to jazzthepoet.com slash works, and again, remember jazz is J-A-S-C, then uh, you can find like the link to Amazon or Lulu or just my website where you can purchase the book. Also on my website, you can subscribe. I have a monthly email, sometimes bi-monthly if I'm a little busy, (laughs) but that's (laughs) the best way to find out all the things that are going on. Okay, perfect. Yes, you guys all make sure everything is linked for you to easily find and connect with Jasmine. I'm so grateful for you, Jasmine. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being willing to share your story and put this out into the world so so many other women can get a grasp on these concepts and let their faith just soar. I love it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and so great meeting you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the Byword Show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.